Okay, since I'm a poet, let me say it like this. Bukhali is my name, the representation of who I am. Bukhali, my name, the introduction of flame. But if I was to come up in this world again, I would want the same woman to raise me. Welcome. My name is Neville D'Angelo. My guest is Dr. Yearwood. You are on the journey, and today you will meet five mighty women. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. set a time to begin again, I mentioned that I am acquainted with a few mighty women, then I proceeded to honor them. Are you acquainted with any mighty women? This year, our theme honoring generations of women is women inspiring innovation through imagination, women who throughout our history have used their intelligence, imagination, sense of wonder and tenacity to make extraordinary contributions. Now let me ask you this. Who would be your five mighty women? I asked several influential folks to share theirs with us. Today we have Dr. Keith Yearwood, who is a geoscientist and lecturer at the University of Maryland, and he will tell us about his five mighty women. People do not know how much they depend on the survival of this ecosystem. So when people say they want to come in and cultivate, or they want to come in and grow commercial plantations, I know that they are digging their own grave. That, of course, is Professor Wangari Mathai, Dr. Yowit. She became famous, so famous that she actually got a Nobel Prize, a Peace Prize, um, and this was in recognition for her work and her contribution to sustainable development, democracy, and peace. And um, the kind of things that she did draw attention and um, 
both nationally and internationally, and her actions were recognized, and so, you know, she, she became famous. But this is why I particularly like and admire this person, is that she pushed what is known as sustainable development, which in itself can be an oxymoron, which um, it's debatable all the time, what is sustainable development. But she decided that the use of resources in a sensible and wise manner can benefit women in Africa because she recognized that if they use a resource in a renewable way, that women in Africa can um, achieve greater economic independence and they can enjoy a better quality of life. And this wasn't easy for her because she had to go against a lot of opposition and opposition against um, political activists. And even in her own personal life, she had a difficult divorce and a a very um, difficult marriage as well. She was a mother and she's even a grandmother. And why I like her particularly is because with all the rhetoric and all the talk, she actually brought a lot of things into action. And I am an environmentalist. I respect the earth. I really treasure our resources. And many political activists don't take that approach. Many of them instead believe in utilizing as much as possible and as carelessly as possible the resources that are here at our disposal without thought for what is left behind for future generations. In other words, they are short-term, um, they like short-term gratification, therefore they here and now. I think of a particular political activist whose name, who shall remain nameless, who is an American, who believed in going and drill for oil in some of our most pristine environments in Alaska. And there are many politicians like that. And I find that is short-sighted, that's selfish, that's foolish. This woman... I'm so admirable of what she did because she believed in planting trees and harvesting them in a way that would ensure that future generations of people in Kenya, especially women, will have firewood and other resources from those trees. And so this is why she is one of the people who is a giant, in my estimation, when I talk about women who have been influential and are important to me. The second person I want to focus on is somebody who I know, and I've known her since about 1983. We were neighbors. She shall also re- she shall remain nameless. Um, I don't want to embarrass her if she ever hears this program, because she will be embarrassed. And um, she is a mother. She is a wife. She's a homemaker. She's a professional in the world of work. And she's also active in her church. Now, I have described thousands of women, millions of women perhaps, by those by citing those things. But what I have found that the beauty of what she has done is manifested in her immediate family, her husband and her sons. Her husband is, is in his sixties. I don't know the woman's age, I've never asked. <laughs> But he's in his 60s, and I went to his graduation for a bachelor's degree when he was about 62 years old. I planned to go to his graduation 
for a graduate degree this year because immediately after doing his bachelor's, he decided he's going to work part, he's going to go part-time, work as a full-time job, go part-time, and get his master's degree. Behind all this, she has been encouraging, she has sacrificed, and she has been by his side. And so they've been married for over 30 years. I visit them often. Mm-hmm. We've been friends for years. And this is somebody who I always say, this is a virtuous woman. And what is even more remarkable, I think that her husband has allowed her to become a virtuous woman because he supported her as well. And so I wish that many, many women would do what she did, which is she has embraced traditional family values that are sound. Not all traditional family values are sound, but she has embraced the sound ones and she has mixed it with and allowed the demands of modern living, and she has found a great balance. And so this is why I admire that woman. She gets tired at night. I see her. I see her struggling sometimes, but yet she keeps that incredible, incredible perspective. She knows what her goals are, and she has tried to attain them, and she continues to strive to be the kind of mother and wife and homemaker that she is. And she's very good at her job. In the Caribbean, she was the bank manager at a very large bank, a very demanding job. And yet she maintained that professionalism and incredible family values. And this is the reason why I decided that this is a woman whom I admire. You're giving honor to this person, and I know that you don't want to embarrass them. But I think the great honor will be to tell us who this person is. Are you willing to do that? Oh, sure. And her name is Celestine Joseph, and she currently lives in Florida. Before Dr. Yearwood discloses his next mighty woman, let's hear once again from 11-year-old Botale. That was 11-year-old Baltale reciting Marion Williamson's famous poem, 
Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Dr. Yearwood. Another person I like, I've never met her, and she died um, several years ago, and she is Mother Teresa. Everybody knows Mother Teresa. And yet there are lots of things we could talk about when we mention Mother Teresa. But I will want to highlight a couple of things that I find remarkable. I was reading about her, and one of the nuns who worked in the same organization had some leftover food, and she threw it into the garbage. And Mother Teresa saw that. And instead of rebuking the nun openly, she went into the garbage, took out the food, and ate it to demonstrate to the nun that food is precious and there are people out there who would gladly eat that food. And I'm sure the nun learned an incredible lesson. And this was a woman who didn't have a lot of titles. She was simply called Mother Teresa. And in contrast to a lot of people in religious organizations these days who seem to thrive on titles, we hear bishop and elder and apostle and prophet, Nobody is simply called brother this or sister this anymore, it seems. And I'm, not, I'm being general here, and I'm being naughty here, but I think my point is well taken, that you don't need a huge name and a title to be very effective in society. This is what she said, and she worked in Calcutta, many of the slums in Calcutta, and she said in the nun, we would get up, in the nunnery, sorry, we would get up early in the morning, meditate on Jesus Christ, and then go out in the streets of Calcutta and look for him in disguise. That has never left me. And it shows someone who is incredibly gracious, someone who follows the command of Jesus Christ when he says, if you have done this to the least of one of my brethren, you have done it unto me. And so she never embraced this very popular saying, and everybody knows this saying which says, God helps those who help themselves. No. She never embraced that. She didn't judge people who were poor and said, you were poor because you were slack and you weren't good in school, and therefore these are the consequences of your behavior. No. She saw poor people as an opportunity to spread the love of God in a non-judgmental and incredibly gracious fashion. And this is one reason why I admire this woman. You are on the journey, and we are honoring our mighty women. I'd like to read you a quote from Michael Basden commentary entitled, Why Women Need Men Who Challenge Them. In that commentary is this piece. For the past three decades, women have been making huge strides financially and educationally. They read more than men. They graduate at a higher rate. They start more businesses, they travel more, and they buy more homes. With so many advantages, it makes you wonder, what do women need men for? The honest answer, he says, is they don't. Dr. Yearwood. I've discovered that Mrs. Michelle Obama has an agenda. And the agenda is a noble one. She 
probably has several agendas, but one of the agendas I, I admire is her thrust and push to have better health care in terms of nutrition for our young people in school and so on and so forth. And she has received a lot of unnecessary criticism because of this. And some of the criticism, in fact, all of the criticism against her with regards to this particular thrust is downright stupid, vapid, and nonsensical. And yet she continues to do what she thinks is necessary in spite of all the negative criticisms that come from people who are, I consider, seriously ignorant of what really is, is mindful in our society. And she, her life is scrutinized almost everything she does, what she wears, what she says, what she puts her, to her children to wear, everything she says and does. People are looking for faults and errors, and yet, despite all that, she seems to thrive in spite of all that, and she seems to live above all of that. And I wish more people, more of our public figures, can do things like that and not react to every single bit of criticism that they hear on the, on the media or, or they hear face-to-face. And so this is why I, I, I admire her not because she's a president, she's a wife's president, whom I admire, I admire him, but because of her separate agenda and the opportunities that she has embraced to make a difference in the lives of the future of this country. And the last of the five women, well, she knew me before. I probably knew myself. I've known her for 53 years, and she is my mother. And I will talk about her by mentioning my accomplishments. Um, the other day, I went to her, and I took copies of my um, degree certificates to her. She had never seen them before, and I decided, I mean, I'll get copies, and, and I'll give them to her. I took them to the house. And she was sitting there, and my dad was there, and she read each of them from corner to corner. (laughs) And she said at the end, these belong to me. And my dad said, you're absolutely right. And in that short sentence, which was funny in a way, and I smiled, really and truly, my mother summarized what she means to me and what she means to our family. I have a brother and a sister Mm -hmm. and a father. And the five of us, my mother has been the glue for all five of us, for the entire family. My mother did not go to high school. She was married when she was 18 years old. And um, she, in spite of that, she understood the value of an incredible education. We always had books. We always had food to eat. And we always had school uniforms. And I went to schools where you had to wear a certain kind of uniform. We were always well-dressed for school. We didn't have party clothes. No, we didn't. But we always had the encouragement to do well in school. My mother never checked my books for homework because she didn't understand secondary school mathematics and, and biology and all those things. But she encouraged us. My dad was the one who understood those things. But my mother was the one who pushed us. My dad was the engineer, educated in college, but my mother pushed us. And she also raised us in such a way that in public, none of us ever embarrassed her 
or the family by our behavior because of the way she raised us. My mother was never perfect and she is not perfect. But if I was to come up in this world again, I would want the same woman to raise me. Hmm. And, I mean, she, she meant what she said. For instance, when I was about 14 years old, she said this, you can go wherever you want to go. Come in whatever time you want to come in. She gave me a key to the door. She said, <clears throat> under two conditions. Whenever you go out and you come in at whatever time, whatever you do out there, when you come in, come in quietly and don't wake me up because <laughs> as a woman, I love to sleep and I don't like to be disturbed. But even more seriously, she said, if you go out there in life and you make your bed hard, you will lie on it. She said, if you go out there and you get into trouble legit- legitimately and you really get into trouble, like you steal somebody's possessions and the police hold you, I will not come and bail you out. You have to take responsibility for your own actions. I'm a teacher. At, I teach at a university. I lecture at a university. And so many times I've come across students who have failed and they found every single conceivable excuse for their failure and they never once point to themselves. And if my mother had raised them and if they had listened to what she said, they would not have said that. They would have taken and shouldered their responsibility and realized that I am responsible for my actions. And sadly, many of the students that I teach, not all, but many of them, don't seem to believe that whatever actions they do, their consequences are in a deep personal way. And so this is the woman who is responsible in many ways for me being who I am today. I didn't go to the best secondary school. Excuse me, I wasn't considered the brightest of the brightest. But I achieved something that's incredible because of the encouragement of who my mother is and the way she raised us. And my dad was interested in two things, table manners and education. My mother did all the rest. <laughs> and it's true. And so I look back now, and, and, and I know if I outlive my dad and if my mother outlives him, I've already decided at his funeral that the person I will point to in the eulogy is his wife because she is the person who made him what he is today. I've already decided a long time ago. I prepared my speech in case I outlived them. <laughs> Just in case. Never know. And so these are the five women whom I admire. They're mothers all over the globe. They're billions of mothers. Yes, they are. They're, they're, they're homemakers. They're professional women. They're political leaders, they're religious activists, but these women, because of what I know about them, they have touched my lives in several different ways. And so this, this particular month, it's sad that we have to set aside a month to recognize women. Every month should be a special time to recognize women. But I recognize and understand why we do this, hmm. because we need to remind ourselves of the preciousness of the weaker sex in our in our environment, in our society, in, in every place we live. And so it is my hope that all of us listening to this can point to several different women who have had an incredible positive impact on our lives. Thank you. Well, thank you too. 
Uh, can I follow up on some questions? Yeah, you on, can. Um, but you mentioned something in speaking generally of women that uh, some women might find objectionable. So I'm trying to figure out um, what's your stance on that. You were um, highlighting that we need to recognize women always, not just a specific month, but you understood you understand why we do, but you reference them as the weaker sex. Why yes. did you use that term? Because women are in a position of vulnerability, whether you want to believe it or not. Look at some societies where they're not allowed to drive, you know. Um, but is that a weakness imputed to them, or is it a natural weakness? It is not a natural weakness, but it is a fundamental fact of life. Okay. But they are at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, uh, as a result, they have to fight a lot more to achieve what they want. Mm-hmm. Being of a weaker sex is not something that it's in the genetic code. No, it's what society has thrust upon them. Gotcha. And that, that's what I mean. Right. Um, and so... And um, it's not a contradiction at all. Oh. It's something that, you know, they should embrace because it make, it empowers them to push even harder and to achieve even more because they have something to... They're starting from a platform of, of, of disadvantage, which is a, a, a fundamental fact. It doesn't mean that they're weaker. It just means what society is thrust upon them. Here again is South African Boltali, 11 years old, who's written several of our own poems, reciting one of them. Is there any wonder that she won essay got talent? So our standing question today is this. Who are your five mighty women? My name is Neville D'Angelo, and you are on the journey. You will find us on ryosports.com, R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. 
You can find us on any of your favorite platforms on Block Talk Radio, on SoundCloud, on WordPress.com, on Tumblr, The Journey, your radio show. Check out Ryosports.com, R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S.com, and it will provide you with links to any of those locations. Who are your five mighty women? Honor them. See you next week.